see whether it's going to... Okay, so hi Rob and welcome to Life as a Seer. So hi. I'm obviously in London, you're in Australia. What part of Australia are you in? What side? Because I need... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big place. Yeah, uh, I'm on the East Coast. I'm in the capital city, which is uh, Canberra. Um, yeah, so it's about two hour drive from Sydney, which I think is the city that most people are familiar with. Most are um, familiar with um, like Sydney, Melbourne and Perth. So when I was working with Australia, I'd call them, I'm like, oh, but it's down the road. They're like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like a different time zone. <laughs> it's just like, because <laughs> everything in the UK is quite close. You know, like mm. you can get there and, you know, we, you know, we get Scotland in five hours or so, but actually you could just not pass anything in Australia. So it's, it's quite important to have those. So um, I'm excited to have you join because we've um, been chatting on, on Twitter. I've, I've gone back. I quite like Twitter. I'm not a social media person, but I like Twitter because you can have quite interesting conversations. And one conversation came up was about horary. Now, you're a traditional astrologer. Um, I don't know. Is, is that right to say you're a traditional astrologer mainly? Um, but you are very much looking at how you meld that into a modern um, context. Um, which we all have to do, especially with these very ancient arts. Um, and, and that's what the podcast is about. Like these are ancient arts that have probably got old texts that you have to change to make it modern. And the conversation came around was I was kind of going, well, I don't really understand some of the rules with horary. How do they work in today's life? And, and nowadays we don't want to ask certain questions. Like we aren't happy to ask things like, um, should you marry this person that you've not met you know like we we don't always want to which is actually if you go back to hurry it tended to be um a little bit yes. back. so before we go into that i'd like to know a little bit more about your perspective on astrology how do you view it what lens do you put it through sure um okay so yeah i started studying the subject um about 10 years ago and i was primarily really focused on learning medieval and renaissance astrology because at the time I had discovered talismanic magic and was really interested in learning how to do the elections to create talismans. What's funny is that through that sort of, that opened the door to astrology for me. And then I kind of lost interest in doing talismans, you know, and, <laughs> and pretty much focused entirely on, on this fascinating subject of astrology. Uh, so because my purpose was using, was trying to use like medieval manuals for magic uh, i really didn't want to learn modern astrology because it wouldn't help me to make a talisman if you know what i mean i mean it makes sense because talismans aren't modern you know like a lot of people don't use them and um so it's quite interesting because there's a lot of i think there's a revival in magic now as it yeah um, stands so it, it's quite interesting that you came in through that route yeah it's funny i think a lot of people are kind of like came into astrology first and now they're discovering like astrological magic at the end of it. Whereas I came in astro astrological magic at the start. Right. And then I'm trying to like understand, I bought like grimoires from the middle ages and I'm trying <laughs> no, to understand them. Cause I do think there's a slight difference between the direction you came in, in the way you mm. do astrology. I came in through a um, mediumship and, you know, psychic work. So I came in through that um, kind of energetic focused and, and, it is very different when you speak to out and out astrologers who came into astrology first, who might be then discovering more energetic things. So it is very different on the, on the path. And we tend to have a little bit more of a, 
um, a wider remit. Like we tend to want to go, okay, well, this is good, but how do I how do I change that a little bit? How do I add it? Because when you're doing magic, you're doing you have to add your own little. You know, obviously you've got the grimoires. I can't believe you went to buy grimoires, but you know, old books are great. Yeah, I think I got a lot of Saturn in my in my birth chart, so I think that's where that sort of love and fascination for the old things comes in a bit. Um, uh, yeah, so and also because Freeman was interested in astrology, I was very interested in history and and ancient philosophy. So, you know, a lot of traditional astrology just ticks all the boxes for me because it it combines a lot of those loves like history, philosophy, and yeah, my sort of growing interest in, in, in sort of the occult world. Um, although I probably wouldn't call myself an occultist nowadays. I probably just call myself a traditional astrologer. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. It, it, I, I just love because it's weird that I've connected with lots of people now who, when you get deeper into um, talking about them, they're, you know, there's so many other things. And, and philosophy tends to come out as quite an important part, especially when I guess it's one part of um, horror, for instance, that I... I struggle with because some of the philosophy around the decisions make you know how you read a chart don't seem to meld as well um so uh, perhaps we maybe take a step back a little bit so mm. horary itself and the reason why we were discussing horary is because it's probably i know there's um, astrologers as in general have this love hate with divination the word divination and the occult so you have mm. one camp that are very much, it's science, it's purely science and that. And actually, I do find when you come to divination, is that's where it gets even more murky because they can't say that it's pure out-and-out science in some ways because there's another element to it. It always feels, so it feels closer to where you can't actually say it's pure, you know, it's pure, purely scientific. There is that element of divination for me. I don't know what you think about that. No, I'd actually agree um, entirely. I um, this is it's funny that you asked me to talk about divination or horary in the context of divination because like that's a subject that I spend a lot of time thinking about. Well, this um, is, I didn't know yeah, that it's, before, so it's always, it's always yeah, yeah. So it's 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 well well done, you. Um, but yeah, I actually I'm kind of more of the camp that that does think that astrology is either more divination than science or is pretty much entirely divination um i don't really um i mean everyone's entitled to their own views on these things i suppose um but my camp is is that astrology is is not a science um it has some things that make it look scientific you know and and you can engage in like empirical research astrology a lot of people do that like they'll look at thousands of charts Look at particular yeah, placements. They, are, and, they have these markers for it, yeah. Which, which I think yeah. has exactly got the time. But to me, if if it was a pure science, you could measure it accurately, consistently, because that's Absolutely. the whole point. It'd be measured. But because there's too many variables, and people are by nature variables, then mm -hmm. we would have had it automated by now. <laughs> so they'd have some AI robots already doing it because it can be quite powerful. So when we're talking about um, kind of I see it more as an art, an art form. So it has some, it blends so many things up and so many people who do astrology are creative because you're talking about a new language. You're talking about symbolic language and you have to get your, it's about, do you ever, did you as a kid read sci-fi or fantasy books? I did. I oh man, that. yeah. Yeah. So when you read <laughs> that, you have to go into a whole new world. So you spend the first thing because it's so 
you have to get used to the language, the world, all of that. So you have to let go of all the things that you know about now to be able to immerse yourself in this other world. That's why you go on for two, three, four books and they go on to series. So I feel like astrology is a little bit like that in the fact that it's its own world and it's creative and you have to dive in. Not that you have to learn everything new, but you do have to kind of immerse yourself a little bit into it. Whereas you know, with, with other things you don't have to do as much. Whereas astrology, it's a symbolic language. You have to kind of try and understand what Saturn is doing in this chart. And it's yeah, no. go from textbook, but it is nicer when you can actually, when you're going with a client and you can explain how that Saturn is working. And when you, if you can use a story or something else, it really, you know, like explain Saturn in human terms, people like it, although people don't like Saturn. <laughs> isn't that the same in hurry people don't yeah like i think so i think you know it reminds me of a, of a tweet that you made recently I don't, I don't want to turn this into like let's discuss our twitter but it reminds me of something you said recently where you said you know you, you sort of were taking issue with the malefic and benefic distinction and i think the way i talk about saturn like we call him a malefic because because most people most of the time don't want that energy in their lives because we're immature or we're not you know we're, we just don't recognize the benefit of that so we say oh that's bad or evil or something like that but but actually you know saturn is like extremely important like function if you like it's, it symbolizes a, a, a very important sort of function in the universe really you know we have to have a limit we have to have uh, yeah, we are you know, limited in what we can do and i think that's right and i think if we go back to the malefic benefic because I got on my soapbox, which I, I don't do very often, but then when I do, I'm on it. <laughs> like, I'm on it. Um, and the reason why, with, I think malefic and benefic will probably, do you use those terms in Hori? Or, because well, I, can see, I can see why you would use it in um, moat, like return charts. I can see how you would use it in uh, mundane charts. I can see how you would see it initially in a baby's chart. So I can mm. see all those uses. Um, not mm. that you would tell the parent that this is malefic planet unless they're astrologer. But I could see how you could see use malefic and benefic. I don't think they're wrong. And when you judge a chart, I think, but I think when you're judging people, I think I don't think that you can use those terms when they're not when they could have changed it. So that's my issue with it. Um, there was also an issue with gender because it seems to be a huge thing about the uh, masculine and feminine, and it you know a yin and yang, and it's kind of like well, it's not gender. It, it's, no. it's an energy, it's a, it's a process. So it's associated with gender because we used to opt out. But actually, a lot of people are kind of taking, well, Mars is male. Well, actually, it can be male or it can be masculine. It can be someone who's very much with that male energy, but it can still be a woman in the same way a tarot card with a man can, on it can be a woman too. It can just be that expression of energy. So do you have... Mm. So you don't have that in horror. You don't have malefic and benefic. Do you look at the planets in a detriment way instead? Yeah. So, I mean, we do call them malefic and benefic. I mean, as like a technical term, but I think really in practice, especially with horror, if, I mean, this is getting technical. I wonder whether I should perhaps explain what horror is very briefly before I. Yeah. Just, just as an overview um, of what horror is. Sure. Um, so basically with, what most people are familiar with with astrology is uh, you cast a horoscope for the moment that someone's born and that will give you information about that person. Um, 
you know, and then you can get into philosophical discussions about how much and what kind of information you get out of it. But basically that's the premise of, of most of astrology is that birth time tells you something about the person. Um, horary is um, a little bit different because you're casting a horoscope, not for the time that someone's born, but for the time that a question is put to the astrologer or the time that the astrologer receives the question. If you're, if you're working with email and things like that, um, and you erect the horoscope and then basically you're, the idea is that you find an answer to the question in, in, in the horoscope. So it's a very, um, specific form of, of astrology. It's got a, the chart is, is for one intended purpose and then it's done, you know, sort of like a, a burner phone. Yeah. It, it's not because like, yeah. I do see people trying to repost ones from how many, and it's like, well, if that time zone is gone, that time zone is gone. And mm. I, I like that, but also it's, it's predictive work, which is quite good. Not always because obviously, but you are asking, you know, part of it, if, even when maybe let's use an example of some of the questions that you get, because you must get the lost items. You get the, will they come back? Will I hear from them? Um, type of questions. You get the, should I questions, which yes. kind of raises a point because I know that a lot of people now don't really want to do the, should I, they want to protect yeah. themselves a little bit. So what's your perspective on, the should I questions of like, should I do this? Should I invest here? Should I, because these were traditionally what was used, Hori was used and it was a very much a definitive. Yeah. I actually think that it's funny because I was sort of surprised when I found out that, that there is this school of thought that says that astrology, that Hori should only be used for like yes or no questions and it shouldn't be used for should I, or like, if I do this, what will happen? those kinds of more like weighing up options type questions because like what I've found is that that's the majority of questions that I get <laughs> is, is people who are in a quandary and they want some, some guidance or some like info that helps them make a decision, you know? Um, so by rejecting those kinds of questions, I'd be rejecting most of the questions I get. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that just like on a technical level, like, you know, some people will say that, you know, Hori is really all about finding that aspect between two planets. And if you find it, then it's a yes. And if you don't find it, then it's a no. And like, that's as far as it goes. But I, I find that it's actually a really just describing a situation and giving you a sense of like the motivations or the interests um, and, and the, of the parties involved and maybe some of the other stuff that's going on around the edges. And you can use that information to give someone something approaching um, advice. Um, but it is, you're right. There is an issue there where you start to become a guide for someone's life. Um, when I suppose the, you know, ideally horror should be this sort of objective thing where you get the information. It's fairly. I don't know. I I question the need for it. I think to me, that's a very, I guess, modern thing, but it's, um, I think it goes with psychological astrology. It goes in the same way I've seen with tarot and all these other readings. Um, tarot, especially if, you know, a lot of people now won't do what they see as prediction. They won't, they kind of go, so if someone comes to you and say, should I stay with him? They'll go, or should I do that? You kind of give them, people don't want to say yes or no. And they go out of their way not to, um, because it's this whole movement that you have everything in your hands, which I kind of find astrology, like astrology tells you like, 
there are limits <laughs> to certain mm-hmm. things. So yeah, I, I kind of, you look at that and you go, well, yeah, you can want, think you can have everything, but actually there are <laughs> limits to that. Um, yeah. So for me, actually getting into certain aspects of, I did start to look a little bit into traditional astrology and it kind of cemented and it made me go back to actually that fate and free will um, argument, but also that you have, we, I think we all have internally, but also it said, what's wrong with prediction? Because I used to get prediction, but I would get it, especially in a mediumistic way, and it just say yes or no, and it was there. And, you know, it is, that is what it is. And so sometimes I think we're afraid of saying it. We're afraid of, you know, um, laying ourselves on the line by saying this is what's going to, what's going to occur this is how things are going to unfold but actually isn't that the magic of horror it's quite not black and white but it kind of goes yes no this is the reason why you know especially yeah. if there's a lot of love horrors and you're kind of like see all these other planets in the seventh house and their planet in their seventh house and then it just describes it's a bit like a tower reading it's like okay well we can see they're really just interested in themselves or other people you can see that mm. quite instantly. So even if you had an aspect but that's going to form, you know, mm. it, it, is it going to be that there's a deeper story between that? So it's interesting what you're talking about, how, um, you know, the way that people are looking for the information and the way you can use horary to actually kind of break that story down a little bit for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with so there's so many interesting things you've said there. I wish I was sort of taking notes so I could respond to all of it. But I, um, I, I do think that like, yes, like everything I've said just now about like that sort of should I, or if, you know, weighing up options type questions. Um, I still think that in some ways that kind of question is like, while I take them and I'm happy to take them, I, I wonder sometimes whether people are asking them in a particular way because they are afraid of a yes, no question. They're afraid of a, definitive answer so they want you know a sort of a should i do this or should i do that like you know should i um or do you you want an example or yeah no maybe it'd be quite good to see the examples of some of the type of questions that are coming and also do do they change in seasons like we just had venus retrograde does i mean in scorpio and usually you know if it's anything in scorpio i think it was last time in 2010 i stopped doing readings around that time because it wasn't like will he come back to me it's like how do i get him to not go how do i stop him (laughs) (laughs) and it was really quite visual so i wondered whether your question what the questions usually get and then what do you find they change in certain times hmm that's an interesting question i haven't actually looked at like I probably, it's probably a, a massive oversight on my part to sort of look at the, the horary questions I'm receiving, compare that with like the astro weather, if you like, and kind of see, you know, there's a correlation there. I haven't really done that work, but that's interesting. I might spend some time doing that. Um, I no, think be interesting um, to see the results of it, but what you, what questions yeah. do you usually get? Like what type um, of... I mean, most of the, I mean, it's every astrology, every horary book says this and you can even just look by look you just look at the um the contents page of a horary book like a textbook and the thickest chapter is always the seventh house right yeah um, it's, always, it's always seventh house it's always seventh because house. that's it because that's what everyone i mean mm, I, I'm, I'm questioning whether that is the most important thing in the world for, for people but it seems to be on people's minds a lot certainly the seventh and those I, sort of relationship questions 
will will um, this relationship work out? Should I cut my losses and get out of this now? Um, does this guy like me or is he just looking at me because he's a weirdo? Those kinds of questions come up a lot. Um, so that's probably the majority of my work, but um, I do get my fair share of, um, like I've had a couple of interesting lost object horrors recently. Um, and career questions come up a lot. So it's often someone who's applied for a job and can't wait to find out whether they're going to get it or not. So they ask me um, whether they'll get it or not, which is always funny to me because I thought, well, you could save yourself a bit of money and just wait and you get the answer anyway. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, I find that odd with like um, pregnancy questions as well. It's like, well, you can just go to a doctor because, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I, know, I know that's weird, but it will be like, you could go to a doctor, but instead what you're going to do is you're going to, and it's only going to give you that, what, um, a few days beforehand? So, mm. I, I, well, I guess that, so are these very time sensitive ones? Do they, is it something where it's important for people to have a turnaround? Because I, I see, think so. yeah. Because I see online with, um, it's, it's quite interesting. When I was looking at giving readings and a um, number of years ago when I first started and I was like, okay, so I, I started looking around and it's quite interesting that you get certain ones where turn around and this much, I turn around and that. And I'm assuming that in horror, you might get that need to have it, you know, within a, sp a certain, you know, people want to know this now. Will he call me? Yeah. You know, if it's, will he call me is probably because that could happen in the next few days. So they're obviously looking for something that's quite instant. Mm, I think that's right. I think there is like a temporal factor that probably pushes someone to ask a question, um, whether that's because there's like a external deadline or something looming or whether there's like an internal deadline, if you like, like, I just can't, I can't sit here. I can't get sleep until I know, until I have at least some inkling of, of what might happen. Um, so those are the kind of questions I get the majority of. Um, I think I just want to go back to something you said earlier about how you use the malefic planets in horary. I mean, I, I hesitate to even call them that because in horary, you, you're really, how do I put this? Uh, so one of my favorite astrologers, John Frawley, um, writes about horary very eloquently. And, and he puts it like this, that even though like Saturn is technically like a malefic, you know, he does what role he is given. Like horary is almost like a play and whatever house whatever houses saturn and mars rule well that's their roles they're given in in the play right so if capricorn is rising well that means you're signified by saturn whether you're a particularly saturnine person or not like you might be the most like you know lovely libra kind of you know <laughs> throwing flowers to everyone and dancing and singing but for this particular chart you're saturn you know and so saturn doesn't necessarily carry a lot of that Saturn baggage, if you like, in horary that he does in natal, because with natal, you're really, you're, you're paying a lot of attention to what the planet means, like universally or naturally. Oh, okay. Um, so but horary, this, you're really... this is just the role and the, that time. So, it, you know, yeah. they could be naturally a flower throwing Libra in like that. Um, mm. But actually <laughs> they're, they're Saturn in this situation. Yeah. And, you know, and that doesn't necessarily like, mean that. Yeah, and just because you're signified by Saturn or say you're asking a question about um, a, a romantic interest and that person is signified by Saturn, that doesn't mean that they're a very Saturn, Saturnian person necessarily at all. Um, it just means that for this chart, they're Saturn, you know? <laughs> like it doesn't get much more complex than that. Um, 
Having said that, like there are some certain instances where, like say, say if Saturn doesn't rule any of the houses that are important for the question, like you know, let's keep going with a relationship example. So if Saturn doesn't rule the first or the seventh, um, but he's involved in some way, like if there's an aspect to Saturn, um, then I might start to wonder whether he does signify things like blockages or limitations or restrictions and things like that. But yeah, I'm not necessarily just looking at Saturn and going Saturn equals bad stuff. And I think in natal, in traditional natal astrology, and especially the further back in time you go, that kind of thinking does become more and more like... Um, yeah, it is, it is um, a little bit more. Um, and it's also, I think it was a little bit more literal, even if you go past the, the books that were written, when astrology was seen more as, you know, it was, you came from this planet or you came yeah. from the god or goddess and, and literally everything was held up within that and they included everything. So your whole life was meant to be, you know, like, and there was a, I remember someone telling me, and I can't remember um, who it was now, but it was the whole idea that if you were going to give birth at a, a certain time where a certain planet was rising, or it, you would be encouraged to, to not give birth, like to suppress it so that you could yeah. wait until it was, you know, like, and, and that's, I can't imagine that you can actually hold it back that much and how much pain, no. but that's how important it was. <laughs> that's how important it was seen. So it's very interesting to see now we've got questions, you know, we've got the two kind of sides of it with um, Hori, what I, I had to learn when I started learning because I read um, Frawley and a, a few other books. I had mm. to learn a lot bit more about um, not so much sex because you learn sex when you're doing traditional astrology more, but I had to learn more about essential dignities, dignities mm. because I didn't really, I wasn't that, I'm not that interested in history um, of astrology. I'm kind of like, does it work? Okay. And then do I need to know the history to know why it works? If not, don't need it but I'm always first is it works but then when you are um in um doing things like uh, mundane or you're doing um horror you kind of need to know the condition of the planets because mm. it does tell you a bigger story you know like you know we, we talked briefly about Venus in I mentioned Venus in um Scorpio it's mm. not it's not a happy place for Venus it doesn't mean that Venus no. is bad but Venus no. isn't her lovely you know like she's not expressing herself in the way that she would like to and you can see mm. that in the dignities whereas actually that's where i started to learn it i'm still not very good at it but from base le basic level it's in its opposite side it's not doing very well mm. <laughs> and sometimes you can eyeball a chart and kind of just go oh that's probably just a no um and there'll be certain times in a, because I was, I was doing it and I was trying to learn, no, I still can't learn it, but I was then doing, you know, I'd make a note, because you can't always just pull out the chart, especially if you're in your day job, you can't say, hang on a second, you have to make a note, 10, <laughs> and then you look it up, and sometimes you find it's the same ascendant over and over, and sometimes, mm. it's like, okay, that is to do with that house. So I might not be able to read the whole thing, but I can take that ascendant and go, okay, I know what's really troubling me or on my mind so much so when you're mm. when your clients come to you do they really just want the answer so if you said to them do you write out kind of it's a no but this is the reason why um mm. do you think do they ever come back with questions on so i'm assuming you don't do this face to face do you or is it 
Mm, I think, well, ma- mainly my horary work is done in writing through email and things. I think because horary lends itself to that more than other types of astrology, I'm interested in once the site is up and running to offer people like maybe a 30-minute consult after I've sent them the written reading so that I can talk through it with them and things like that or potentially do the 30-minute first. That might be smarter and then send the writing second so there's no opportunity for them to like misunderstand it and, and, and you know. No, I mean, it's, it's just interesting. I, I just wonder how... Because sometimes people just want the end result and sometimes it's the story. So with Hori, it's very, it seems to be very end result orientated. So mm. the, you know, where is my dog? Where is this? What's happened to it? So it's very end result, but then there is this backstory. So I wonder how many people really listen to the backstory or whether they are just kind of like, oh, okay, well, it said no, or it said yes. Because I guess if it's yes, you would want to know why. But I do wonder whether when it says no, people, especially in relationship ones, whether they actually take that on board or whether they just go, you know, like, oh, is he, you know, is he interested in me? Because how do you, when you're asking a question which seems quite subjective, but in her, you can see it by the, the, the planets of how they are um aspected to each other so i i think that's the one thing that i guess hori does in a very black and white fashion it kind of says yeah or no he likes himself <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. he's not so interested in it and then you probably find it it's the barrister that they've meant once or twice do you ever find that the the answer of what they've what they've told you and the answer that you've got doesn't doesn't marry like, yeah sometimes it does happen you know, like they'll describe a situation, like they might describe a person's motive, what they think a person's motivations are or um, something to that effect. And then you look at the chart and from just looking at the dignities, it seems that that person's interests are like the opposite of what, of what the, the querent, that's the technical term for the person asking the question. Um, it's quite different to what the querent is actually thinking. Um, and then you of like, well, you know, um, in f- what actually is happening here is what it appears to be is this, uh, and that can be kind of sometimes pretty jarring. Um, but for the most part, actually, I found that when you give someone information that you're expecting them not to like to reject, um, they actually take it on board pretty well um, most of the time, um, and and it actually might confirm something that they've had in the back of their mind that they didn't necessarily tell you up front. But then when you tell them, oh, actually, this bloke, he looks like he's more interested in his career than in you or something like that. They'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, I thought that might be the case. So I've had to overcome my fear about telling people things that, that contradict what they've said to me um, and just trust that the astrology is right. I think just everyone, sort of anyone who does that has, has had to. I mean, I think everyone who's done any divination at all, any, any kind of art like this, like uh, tarot, mediumship, psychic work, any, you, you do have to get used to kind of telling people not what they want to hear. But I do think mm. people do say that. Whereas I guess, hurry, there's less wiggle room, you know, yes. whereas in cards, people can read into them what they want. But it's mm. a very similar question that they have over and over again. The similar question is always like, okay, well, what do I, you know, like, how do I, um, uh, how do I, it, um, how do I turn this around so it sounds good for me? Which is possibly the the astrologers, the tarot readers, 
um, the mediums, they're all the ones who do it to themselves. They're probably the worst culprits because they're the ones I've known it where someone will read something differently or they'll just take another pack out. Oh, I just mm-hmm. I try different cards. I like yeah. the cards are coming out and they throw another deck. So it's, it's a standard thing, I think, very much that, you know, we can be our own worst enemies when you know it. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you use Hori in your life? So when was the last, what was the last time that you looked at something with Hori and what type of questions are you asking? And do you approach uh, it in a very similar way? Yeah, just um, yeah. in your everyday life, do you use it to, if you lost something, would you look at it? Or, you know, do you use it in a, as a... Um, as a tool for yourself as well as doing readings for others you know it's funny i think when i started out i was doing a lot of questions of my own questions but i think that's because i just desperately needed practice and i you know and for all these books because Frawley is such a big influence on me he said like just ask questions about everything like silly stuff you know like what's going to happen on this tv show that i like and things like that just to get you used to looking at charts you know um Which over time funny enough there's yeah. two just a quick one of that, because Frawley says that, and then lots of other people go only do it on what you actually care about. So there's like this, um, that it's kind of quick, but actually how are you meant to learn? Because you don't always care about everything. So yeah, sorry, <laughs> exactly no, right. because it makes more sense to kind of like try it on all these different things, you know. Sorry, go mm. ahead. Interrupt. No, no, you're right. It's a good point, actually. I mean, we can have a whole conversation about that, but I mean, bottom line, I, I and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where you, where you were sort of saying, you know, some of these rules about horror are a bit weird. Like, um, you know, oh, you can't ask a question now, it's too late, or it's too early. And I kind of take the view that that's kind of, I just think that's conceptually can't be, can't be right, because astrology, I and mean, this is, again, I'm just quoting from Frawley here, so all, all credit goes to Frawley. But he says, <laughs> like, astrology works 24-7. You know, it doesn't just turn, you can't, the astrology switch doesn't just get flicked off every now and then. Like when, when it's like 28, 29 degrees rising. Yeah, you know, like the it off, it's not happening. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's crazy to say that you can't read a chart because it's a late ascendant. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm getting off topic here. How I use it in my life has changed a lot. Um, I used to use it for all sorts of things. And I was very interested for a long time there, pre-Saturn return. <laughs> Rob was very interested in casting a lot of seventh house charts for any girl I met, you know, it was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I met her in the coffee shop. Let me see what yeah. she likes me. Like almost literally like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but these days I use it very rarely actually. And I think that's a process I've gone through of recognizing that um, in some, in some ways, and I, I, I note that I'm speaking to someone who like, you know, does d- divination, you know, professionally and I do it myself so I don't want to sort of shoot myself in the foot by saying this but there are some times where it is good to not know and to just no, trust I, I am completely of a funny if I was talking to Sam Reynolds who's also met on Twitter and I, I was I'm very much of the school especially in relationships is like don't look don't look at their charts mm. unless you need to make a decision do not look at their chart because I think that we are the worst at pulling stuff out like uh oh and and a lot of the time we just need to not know because we'll read lots of things in so i think it's, mm. it's very good and i think the more you do you i think everyone reaches a plateau where they actually get to a point where they do it you know like when you're learning anything you do it all the time for every answer and then you reach a point where you're like actually no i'll do it when i need to you know you don't carry yeah. your cards around you don't do that all the time and i think that's a maturity that you have within the process of learning 
where you don't need to rely on it. You don't need to um, kind of like, let me check this before I do this. Let me check that before you do that. Yeah. Because you're kind of, you move beyond it a little bit. You know, yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's, it serves its purpose for learning. And then you get kind of a little bit saturated with it. And then you have to step mm. back. Um, so it kind of makes sense that you're in that evolution of going, okay, well, I can, I can meet someone and not know exactly what their birth chart is, or I can meet them and I don't need to do a hurry to see that. Because, you, you know, if not, it, you can be asking quite a lot about things that don't really matter and, and you realise that things have to unfold. So I think mm. that's a very important point that people need to understand, that there is that moment where you dip slightly yes. but, and you dip in into it and dip out of it. And especially if you're doing other people's charts and things like that, you don't have always the capacity to look at yours. If you're knee deep yeah. in other people's charts, you just don't always want to go, oh, what shall I, you know, what, what do I need to look at this? But do you look at your transit on a, on a level of, I'm not going to go into transits, but I just wondered whether, do you look at your transits on a daily, monthly, yearly? Um, I'm looking at, I look at my birth chart, um, and I do predictive work using my birth chart, but I am looking more at bigger picture stuff. So I tend to look, I tend not to drill down much further than like, say years, you know, um, like I might, I'll do like, I'm interested in my perfections. I'm watching my perfections. I'm watching, um, uh, like slower transits of the outer planet. Like, so Jupiter and Saturn transits particularly, I find like just really, it's, well, you're it's really heavy. kind of makes sense. That Saturn's yeah. going to be in there somewhere. Absolutely. So I do that um, and Fedaria and other like predictive techniques, but these are like big, we're talking like sort of the They're smallest like, time, I'm working yeah. like a year. Yeah, so I'm not really drilling down too much. No, yeah. no, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm always curious about how people use it because I'm kind of, I don't really like looking six months in advance and, and things will creep up. So I'll like, someone will go, oh yeah, you've got Neptune's going Neptune, but they would have told me last year and I'd go, yeah. And I don't really, I like to see repeating patterns. So we kind of look at it from, I'm not really, I can feel the moon transits. I don't need to do that. But then I'll look and I'm quite sporadic at looking at it. Um, if I want to know something, I look it up or something will come up and go, oh, Jupiter. Like, why did I not realize Jupiter's sand is going to try and all my, because I don't look at trines. I'm not that interested. They happen, but I'm not that mm. interested in, in them happening. I'm more interested in things that are going to bring events or certain things. So I kind of ignore and look at kind of hard aspects and ones that are within a certain period of time. But I do, if it's, if it's like six months or a year down it, I just kind of like glaze over. <laughs> but I love perfections <laughs> in that it gives you a slice of time. So I'm, I'm kind of fairly new in that. Um, I think that I'm probably going to draw it to a close now. Okay. I mean, we could go off and, and really, it's a really big subject and it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Um, hopefully we'll get you on um, again to talk some more, maybe um, nearer when your website is being launched as well. So it'd be kind of have those, maybe have some examples of some of the other work that you're doing. Um, yeah, and I'd really like to get into your, it'd be very interesting to talk about some more energetic ways of, of playing with the chart and stuff like that from your beginnings with the grimoires. So, um, <laughs> but it's been a pleasure chatting to you. So yeah. I know that you haven't got your website up and running now, but where could people contact you if they wanted sure. to? Wanted to find out about my work. Yeah. Um, so currently I'm not taking readings cause I'm very focused on getting the site running. Um, but if you want to check out, um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at old school Astro. Um, I'm also on Facebook under just my name, Robert Bailey. 
Um, so you can hopefully find me there. There's probably a million Robert Baileys, including one guy who won like a hundred million dollars in the US recently. <laughs> so, oh, oh you're not that one. Oh, darn no, it. No, definitely not. Um, I will also put your details up. Um, so I'll get, I'll get, um, make sure that that's in the synopsis when I actually sort out the recording of the podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you because it's been really, I mean, we could have chatted about so many other things as well. So it's really, why is my alarm to get up on? Um, <laughs> um, but it was just really because I like the way that you've um, you're talking about things that are very, you know, the kind of feel a bit remote, but you're talking about them in a very down to earth manner. And I think people, especially astrology needs that when you don't actually have to kind of always talk about the symbols, you talk about it in a real life setting. So um, it's been a pleasure to speak to you and hopefully we get you on again. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. I'm going to. Uh...